This is Nikki Toyamasito, the Executive Director of Christians for Social Action, and your host for 20-Minute Takes. On this episode, we talk with Tracy G. She's a leadership coach and consultant. This is a part of our series of conversations with Asian American and Pacific Islander leaders looking for insights into the tasks and the challenges of the day. Tracy works with leaders trying to help them identify the way that their unique giftings match the challenges of the time. In this conversation, we ask her about the unique contributions that AAPI people bring to the leadership conversation. Well, Tracy G., welcome to 20 Minute Takes. Thank you for having me. You know, I was so excited to talk to you on this because when I think of Uh, just people who are top shelf leaders, uh, folks who I want to pick their brain and understand, you are like the first name that comes up for me. Um, I just really respect your leadership over so many years and your insight. I always find it so um, salty and fruitful. So thank you so much for joining us. That is so kind, Nikki. Thank you. Um, When you think of leadership, how do you define leadership? I think at the root of leadership, I think of living out who you were created by God to be. So it's, um, I think of this conversation that I had with a a woman who was in between formal leadership roles and she was primarily focusing on being a mom at home. And, you know, she had this kind of sheepish question, like, "Uh, I don't know, like, can I think of myself as a leader right now? And, you know, underneath that, there was like so many layers. And that question really stuck with me because I think that, yeah, a lot of our default is to think about leadership as very role-based or very productivity-based. And my enthusiastic answer was like, of course you're a leader. You're making a positive impact on people around you, your children, you know? And I think to me, that's that's at the root of it. Are you trying to be who God has created you to be, make a positive impact on other people? That's a very broad definition of leadership, but I think it honors um, people's uh, humanness and it's it's really rooted in a personhood driven definition of leadership rather than productivity or role or things like that. Yeah, that's so fascinating. I do feel like it's always um, qualities of a leader or the impact or or that sort of thing. Is there a story behind how it is that you've come to more of this uh, more of this sort of an orientation with regards to leadership? I think it's been a collective reflection that I've had as I've worked with more and more leaders and been drawn to um, helping them think about particularly this aspect of self-leadership. So I think a lot of times, a lot of the leadership development um, training and resources are geared towards how are you leading others? How are you, you know, sort of the behaviors of a leader? And I think there's a place for that. So I, I definitely value that. But I think that there's um, oftentimes in um there's a, there's a miss then to helping leaders focus on self-leadership. Who are you? Who have you been created to be? What, what is unique about you? You know, I, I never get very far from this kind of paradox between like we are all created in the image of God and all of us are really unique individuals. And both of those things together is just a fascinating intersection. And for me, that's where um, I get really curious and interested about the imprint of someone's leadership is looking at the intersection of those things. Ah, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. Both the the unique as well as sort of this the this universal or common thing that we all also have. Oh, that's fascinating. Um 
you are a strengths-based leadership coach, uh, working from that that kind of model of this sort of strength-based leadership. And, uh, you know, one of the things we're trying to focus on uh, in this series is the particular uh, areas uh, the AAPI, Asian American Pacific Islanders, bring, um, but particularly towards leadership. In your own story, the folks that you've worked with, what are some of the things that you bring or that you think um, AAPI folks bring strengths-wise uh, mm-hmm. to this leadership space? Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, I just think it's so important to ask that question. So I love that you're focusing on that. I just think that's something that as AAPI folks, we're not always great at knowing what our strengths are. I think there's, you know, I think that's somewhat universal. I don't think that's unique only to AAPI folks, but I definitely think it's, it's very, feels very countercultural to say, Hey, these are my strengths. (laughs) A lot of times people really struggle to answer that question meaningfully. Uh-huh. You know, people uh-huh. who are very accomplished leaders, like very um, effective in a, in a ton of different ways, and yet have a shockingly limited ability to say, like, what are your strengths? What do you do well? What is your brilliance and your genius in the world? That feels very uncomfortable for a lot of folks, especially those of us that are women. And um, so just have noticed like how, yeah, just how much that challenges people to be able to answer that with any kind of real depth. Um, And I think, you know, there's a lot of factors to that, that I think value for humility, that value for not, you know, bringing too much attention to our strengths. Um, It's just, it's very, uh, it's a new skill for a lot of folks. (laughs) So I love that you're asking that question. uh, First of all, Um, I think for AAPI folks, ah, there's so much that I could say. I, I so love the folks that I get to work with. A lot of my work is with um, people of color, particularly women of color. And I just, I, I routinely walk away from my work just in awe and respect of the kind of leaders that God has created AAPI folks to be. Um, one, one example of this or one specific that I think about is I remember reading about research that talked about um, what happens in your brain when you know different languages. So there's this idea of like, yeah, being multilingual in some sense, it it reshapes your brain because what you're doing is basically saying like, yeah, there's there's the object, let's just say rice, because we're talking about there's rice, and then there's like a bunch of different ways to talk about rice or to say rice in different languages. And having that category for being able to distinguish the thing from the way to interact with that thing and having a an understanding of that plurality, it changes how you think about things. And I think for a lot of AAPI folks, you know, whether or not, you know, you're fluent in your mother language or whatever, we have that, we have that understanding. We, we live into that. And I think that is such a powerful thing when you're talking about leadership to be able to understand like, Oh, given this lived reality that we have in this vast variety and diaspora of AAPI voices and experiences, and even just in our home, how we, we've lived that it out, um, it changes you. It changes how you interact with leadership. And I think it just gives this um, amazing capacity to engage with leadership with, with uh, imagination and creativity to know like the thing is the thing, but there's different ways to come at it. There's different ways to think about it. Someone else's um, perspective on it may be different from mine, but equally as valuable. And I just think that's such um, 
such a powerful thing that AAPI folks bring to leadership. That's so amazing because I think you're right. And there's some folks who uh, another language is a part of their experience, but if nothing else, all of us have a little bit of food language, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, so even yes. like these cre- these cre- categories and how that makes our brains pliable and sort of the creative problem solving that is a natural part of the leadership task um, to hear that, oh, these the social or cultural experiences that we have have actually made us a little more elastic uh, to those. That's fascinating. Um, what are some of the the ways that you have uh, been inspired to see AAPI show up in their authentic self um, as leaders, uh, kind of stepping into a space? Um, what have you seen that has sort of been like, ah, that's that's a, a authentic, authentic leadership at its best? Well, I think about um, how there's a lot of thought about ambition and I think, you know, rightful uh, warnings on ambition and, you know, sort of a cautiousness with that. But again, I in the Christian I, context, do you mean? Yes. That? Yeah. Okay. Yes. In the Christian, yeah. yeah. Uniquely. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, so sort of like I've, I've heard this question again from a lot, mostly I think AAPI women, like, oh, is it okay for me to want a position of leadership? Is it okay for me to want more in this? Is that somehow selfish, you know, and there's there can be that hesitancy. Um, but I just, again, I think about how AAPI women – in leadership, they really bring um, this ability to have their ambition be for the good of other people. So I think about, you know, somebody that I was working with. And when I first started working with her, she was like very clear, like, I want this leadership role. And it was, um, you know, a higher, much higher level than she was currently at. She was uh, able to articulate that. Um, But, you know, as we work together, what we what we focused a lot on was how she really at the heart of what brought her the most joy in that role and most satisfaction was being able to make things better for her people and being able to actually equip and help her people get better and be more effective in their roles and what they wanted to do. It's this ability, I think, to think about people holistically, not just as like, productivity bots, you know, but to think about people's whole people. And I, I just think, again, I can't say enough about how needed that is and how important that is. And I think, you know, I saw, I forget who it was, but there was a sort of prominent evangelical leader who tweeted about being dismayed at the state of leadership development, you know, sort of like, oh, we put all this time and effort into trying to develop leaders. And yet we keep having these moral failures and these churches who are imploding because of the a failure of leadership and just like what's gone wrong. And, and the question was even a little bit more geared towards like, how do we need to retool our programs and our training? And to that, I would say, well, yeah, you can ask that question. I think that's a fair question to ask, but also, are you also asking like, who are you listening to? Are you just even thinking about the people? Cause I think it's a people question fundamentally, not just a, how do we tweak training or how do we read the right books or, you know, throw, you know, design the right classes? I think it's really looking at like, who are we really thinking about when we think about leadership and who we're learning from and what voices are we um, yeah. choosing to center and platform? Yeah. I, that does sort of presume that this program will take whatever bot you put in it and spit out a leader at the end, 
which seems like a, sort of a di- very different approach than kind of this uncovering of of uh, this both unique and universal aspects of leadership that you do with the folks you're coaching. Um, what are some of the things uh, that you think are maybe pitfalls for AAPI leaders uh, to be wary of or, uh, or derailers, things that you think have um, taken a, a really promising AAPI leader and, and the thing that kind of, you know, takes them off the track and it makes it hard to finish well? I love that question. I think um, a lot, again, I come back to this idea of self-leadership and thinking about not just primarily imaging leadership as this thing I do for other people, as this thing that I provide for other people, which again, of course, that's part of it and that's valuable. But I think there needs to become a shift, particularly for folks that have had some experience where the questions aren't so much like, can I do this? Am I capable? And I noticed there, there needs to be a shift from like, of the things I could do, what is uniquely for me to do? To me, that that gets at that kind of idea of like, who am I? Who have I been created to be by God? And how do I live into that? And so I think there's um, a huge aspect of self-leadership that needs to become more central where you're no longer, again, primarily imaging leadership just as something that's outward and also not overly relying on like one means to grow or to develop or to learn. Um, Because I just think that um, understanding yourself, your self-awareness, your self-management direction about your calling, your leadership frameworks, all of that, I just think there, you know, so that's not necessarily a new thought that we need to always be learning, but I just think that that is um, is so central um, because I think a lot of times the leaders in the in that stage are very competent, very capable, and there's often a lot of external pressure to just keep doing what has worked in the past, keep doing more of that, keep you know up with these initiatives or these projects. There's that that is unending, but I really see a difference with leaders who take ownership of their own development and take all of that ability to vision and think about other people and think about what do I need? How do I make sure that I get that and that I'm growing and learning and continuing to be open to the new things that, that God has? I mean, we're it, you don't have to go very far to just think about like how much is changing about leadership in general and the context that we're all leading in. And so I just think that the pace of learning needs to match that, but that gets lost or sometimes um, overlooked, I think, in the day-to-day and the urgency oh, absolutely. of Absolutely. It almost sounds uh, luxurious or indulgent, it seems, especially in the face of um, urgent demands um, that, uh, uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot of leaders who are sort of hanging out with a lot of extra time. So it sounds like it's something you need to um, be proactive about. And building, you've you've mentioned this concept of self leadership, and uh, you touched on some of these categories about self awareness. Uh, I'm going to call it leadership style. I don't think that's the phrase you necessarily used. Um, can you can you um, unpack that a little bit more for us? Uh, this idea of self leadership, or um, maybe what that might have looked like for a particular client. Uh, just because I think um, for me, it's kind of a new concept. Uh, as I think a lot of my understanding of leadership has been about you know, how do you convince people and change minds and, you know, very externally oriented. Uh, can, can you um, 
unpack some of the these components about self-leadership or or maybe how that looks like lived out in uh, some of the leaders you've worked with? I think uh, that comes down back to a in-depth growing awareness of your own strengths and the limitations that come with that. So that's where I do come to the strengths-based kind of work, which is being able to think about that, understand that. I think there's also um, an aspect of spiritual formation that's really important in there, and particularly the, the sacredness and centrality of joy. That's something that I pay attention to a lot in a leader's life. Um, something I talk about often in the trainings that I do is the distinction between strength and competence. So strength for me is more specific to the things that you do and really genuinely enjoy doing. So it's the kind of things that you know leaders will say, I loved that. I can't wait to do that again. That was energizing. There's, there's a whole pocket of experiences that fall there. And then there's a whole other set. Usually it's like maybe things that you do well on paper, other people might be able to affirm like, hey, you did a good job with that. But internally doesn't have that same kind of emotional experience. Maybe it's more neutral to negative. Like, I do that and I'm able to get it done, but I don't enjoy it at all. Yeah. It's or maybe draining. I'm really even good at it and people love yeah. it when I do that. But yes. it, that's the difference between like there's a competence yeah. But then the strength has this other kind of energy behind it or. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so, and I think, you know, the way that people normally talk about strength is like anything you're good at. And I, I think that lacks a precision because then leaders find themselves, well, this is a strength quote unquote, because I do it well, but I actually, it's sucking the life out of me. And then they yeah. wonder why they hit seasons of intense burnout. I burned or, out. Yes. And, and so that's where I usually try to press people. Like, I want you to have a little more precision with how you think about this in your own life. Competencies are so important. It's not to say we live in, a, we need to live in a fantasy world where we never do that. You know, like I, I'm not, I'm not able to call the IRS and be like, you know, this just isn't in my strengths. I don't <laughs> enjoy my, my taxes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we all need to do that to some degree, but I think people underestimate how much uh, is possible if they are able to take ownership of that and understand that about themselves and even give themselves permission to ask that question and delve into that. So, um, so yeah, that, that is hugely important, I think, in, in leaders' lives is to pay attention to where that's happening, where that isn't, and how do you then iterate and problem solve and design around that, but getting but, uh, but learning how to get closer to that, those places where who you are is really coming out in this place of deep joy. Mm. Oh, wow, I love that. And I, I, it's so unusual to hear about joy as kind of one of these markers of operating in your strength. I just, cause even as I think, I don't, when I think of leaders, uh, joy is not one of the first characteristics that kind of comes to mind describing kind of leaders operating in their element. Um, as Christians, is there a particular, is there anything that is really specific to sort of either the Christian experience or how Christians need to inter interact with leadership, uh, that, um, I don't know that that you have noticed or impact because I know you've got these skills and you work with a, a great diversity of folks. Um, but particularly as you're helping Christians think about leadership, is there a particular nuance that uh, you think Christian leaders have to keep in mind, or a way that our faith uh, shapes how we interact with leadership differently? Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I work with folks um, who are Christian and who are not. Um, one thing that I've noticed with the folks that come with that is there is just such a expanded possibility for thinking about um, your leadership when you have that access to your faith and to relationship with God. Um, so, yeah, I think that it, again, it's, this is not a new thought. There's, there's been tons of, of, you know, work around the, the necessity of a, a vital relationship with, with God and um, a growing relationship with God. So I think, yeah, many more people could say more about that, but I just think that is um, something that I really enjoy watching particularly Christian leaders wrestle with is just like, Oh, what, what is the word from God in this season? Um, I do most of my work with leaders around strengths, but I am also trained in the Enneagram. And that's something that I often talk about when I think about Enneagram work, which is, I think part of why the Enneagram is powerful is it helps you. um, It can help you identify what is your healing message? Like what is something that God is trying to speak and heal into your life that you can live into that maybe is like very different than the sort of natural inclination of your type and how do you, um, live into that? How do you receive that? How do you uh, create practices that help enforce that and help you um, embody more of that? And so, yeah, I I think um, I really, I really think that's so central is to be able at any given season of your life, whatever kind of leadership season you're in, because we all go through, you know, different um, chapters is to be able to ask like, what, what is the word from God in my life at this point and how am I experiencing that in a really embodied way? So not just a theoretical way that I can give like intellectual assent to, but in my physical body, in my life and in my nervous system, you know, all of that I think is becomes really important. Wow. That, that is, that's powerful. I feel like that is a bigger thing to hold on in the context of our leadership. Tracy G, leadership coach, consultant, TikTok and Instagram extraordinaire. Thank you so much for joining us here on 20 Minutes. Thank you, Nikki. So great to be with you. Twenty Minute Takes is a production of Christians for Social Action. We're produced and edited by David DeLeon. I'm your host, Nikki Toyamasito, and the music is done by Andre Henry. You can find us on the web at christiansforsocialaction.org. Give us five stars, write a review, and share about the podcast with your friends. Mm-hmm.